Welcome lovers to another episode of Oh So Smitten, the wedding podcast. If you're in your bride era, then this needs to be your new obsession. In today's episode, I had the chance to chat with the beautiful Georgia about all things bridal gowns. If you've been following along, you would know just how much I adore a reception dress moment. So it was of no surprise to ask her along to come on as a guest today and answer all of those questions. Her vision is to create an unforgettable, non-judgmental experience for every bride-to-be and she is so passionate about helping you find your dream gown while nourishing your self-love and self-confidence. I use the opportunity to ask all the questions you may not have thought of but definitely need to know when it comes to timelines, fittings and styles. Before we get into today's episode, I just want to remind you of a sweet little discount that the whole bride have shared with the Smitten listeners. If you're after a confetti moment as you walk back down the aisle, then you definitely need to order the iconic confetti from the whole bride. It's biodegradable and also comes in a range of colors to suit any theme. Use the code SMITTEN in capitals to receive 15% off site wide. I mean, we all love a discount, right? But let's get into today's episode. Welcome, Georgia. I'm so pleased to be chatting with you today. I know this chat will resonate with so many listeners because your messaging about what you do is so authentic. And it is also such an important aspect of your day as to what dress you choose and where. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. Yes. No worries. So let's just drive straight into it today. Now, let's start with the pronunciation of your beautiful brand name. So how do we pronounce it? It's Etra Marie, or as a lot of Aussies pronounce it, Etra Marie which means to be married in French. Oh, I love that it has that beautiful meaning behind it. I didn't know. And I remember having these discussions about trying to learn how to pronounce it, but unfortunately I pronounced it the Aussie way. (laughs) Look, same. I'm not very, I'm not French at all. I just liked the uniqueness of it and yeah, something a bit different to stand out. Amazing. And as we said earlier, it almost is a reason for people to keep talking about the beautiful brand because of the name. And then it starts conversation and then people are like, hang on, tell me more about that. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So tell me a little bit about your brand as a whole, because we're going to dive into it a little bit further, but tell me about the brands, how it started, how it's developed. I have worked in bridal in different aspects. Like I've done photography, makeup and worked in a bridal boutique pretty much since 2012. I actually fell into working in a boutique through my photography and makeup over 10 years ago. I've always loved helping people. I come from a retail and management background, but there's just something more when it's not just about a sale. Yeah, I just love it. And I had a car accident early 2019, which I've been left with a permanent disability from that. So I can't work full time anymore. So a couple of years after that, I just sort of was fighting the battle of not being able to do much. And that's like, I just didn't want to accept that. So I, yeah. in the middle of COVID, decided to use that as an opportunity, I guess, to get a cheaper space to rent and decided to make yeah. a different niche to where I was. Yeah. So I opened my little shop. I have the flexibility to only come in as much as I can physically handle and then get help around that. Honestly, it really did happen overnight. I was just talking to a business mentor of mine and you know, they said, if you could do something again, what would you do? And I'd said this and they said, okay, so then do it. And I just, yeah, kind of said, what do you mean? Just do it. But I did. And 
yeah, it's been two and a half years now. So yeah, I love that story of you just sharing what's happened in your experiences and then how that's been able to help you go and have a look at like what you what it is you actually want to do with your life and then kind of be creative and then also develop that into like a passion, but a job and an income and a business and all those things. Yeah, it would be great if I could be open, you know, full-time hours, but it's nice to be able to grow something from the bottom, I guess, which I have done in business before, but just to have that personal connection, even if it's only one hour a week or three hours a week or whatever it is, it means something more to me. And do you share that with those who are inquiring with your services as to, you know, when you're open, how able you are to be able to accommodate them in being able to do like a viewing? Are they really understanding? Yeah, yeah. So I have um, different hours available full time to choose from on the website. If it's if I've had a bad week or things are changing, I can go in and close more. But I will always say when people inquire, here's the dates available. But if there's a time outside of those that you need or that only works with everybody, let me know because as long as I'm able and as well, I have a daughter. So as long as I can get her watched, I can be flexible. I am very honest in everything I do. So I don't see the point in trying to say otherwise. And I think people respect that off the bat that I am an honest person, you know? So yeah, it's nice. Yeah, definitely. And I also think just finding that balance, like Mm. as you say, in being able to be present, like for the brides who are coming in and giving them your all, but then also like you're a mom to your beautiful daughter. So it's like, I mean, I'm still finding that I've got two daughters myself and that balance and that trying to find that flexibility that everyone talks about. I'm like, okay, I'm still searching for it. (laughs) And look, I do overdo it for my level, but compared to what I used to do, I like it's, it's been a good thing as much as it's been a terrible thing to become disabled and have everything that I deal with. It has really made me slow down and focus on things that are important because I can only focus on so many things. Um, and yeah, just do everything more meaningful. So it's a bit of a silver lining for sure. Absolutely agree. So what do you currently stock within your stores? Like whether that be brands, whether that be styles, let's just go into that a little further. Yeah, so I, at the moment, all of my brands are either Australian or New Zealand, which I love. Um, so I have yeah. Karen Willis Homes. I have Lover Society. I have Jakara Bridal. Audrey Austin. I have Willow and Winter. Yeah, that's about all for the others. And then I've got my own, which some of the pieces are still the ones that I brought in when I opened. And then I've got the ones that I yep. design now that's being rebranded as Luna Delilah Bride. Amazing. I love seeing kind of like full circle. So you kind yeah. of started out initially and you were doing your own designs and then you went in a different direction. I mean, COVID hit and I feel like so many businesses went in different directions because it wasn't a part of their plan. Um, yeah. And you almost had to just think on your feet and go, okay, well, what are we doing now? But then it's come full circle and you're now creating beautiful designs again. Yeah, that's pretty much very true. So when I used to be in bridal, it was all, you know, you did physical showings and people would see your shop and you'd make sure your brands aligned and went that way. Whereas when I opened in the middle of COVID, there were only online viewings and there were only email connections and everything. Um, So when I started to make the shop, I couldn't just say, hey, I don't have a shop yet. Can I be a stockist? Understandably, brands didn't want to be a part of that they didn't know what I was about yet. So I did, I had to design enough dresses to open with, but 
yes, like you say, it had to pivot. I kind of went into it expecting it to be how it used to be where, you know, brides yeah. come in knowing they've got six to eight months to get their dress. But instead I opened and brides would come in and say, there's no restrictions in two weeks. What can I buy now? So that meant pivoting. Oh my gosh. Designing on the spot to make sure that what I was selling off the rack was coming in. But look, from a business side, it meant I had real bride photos within the first six months, which probably usually would take a lot longer. Yeah. And sometimes as a business owner, that is kind of those things that you're generating is those photos to be able to share with people and share with the world and all of those people getting married. Like this could be you because I guess like with a dress, like brides need to imagine themselves like in it and wearing it and how that would make them feel. I think that's like really important from your perspective. Definitely. And even like all the style shoots and everything is so great to get that imagery out. But I think a lot of brides, there's so many horror stories in the industry still that brides want to have that trust that someone's gone from start to finish and love the experience to the wedding day to recommend it so yeah it's definitely another level as well yeah so how would you describe the experience that you offer for brides who are coming in to choose a dress my boutique is very personal but also very relaxed so the boutique is only about 50 square meters so it's a smaller private space I never want to have that warehouse feel you know, the bright white lights, mm-hmm. three or four people standing up next to each other, hundreds of dresses. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not my vision, yeah. I guess. So when you come in, it's only whoever you come with. You can come on your own. You can bring people. Sometimes people need to bring kids. The door can be locked. You know, whatever you need to do, it's flexible. Yeah, we can try a bunch of different dresses on. Most of the brands that I have can customize as well. So even though I don't have hundreds of gowns, you have the flexibility mm-hmm. to be able to choose the neckline from one dress or choose a skirt from another and then maybe choose a totally different fabric that we can sample. So it's a slight, it is a slightly different experience, but I just sort of wanted to bridge that gap from a huge bridal shop with everything going on that I find quite overstimulating to a yeah. couture experience with the couture price tag. So just trying to find a happy medium really yeah I love that you say that you know it's that private space for brides to be able to come in and try on and I think that your messaging on your website is so beautiful because I think reading that it really encapsulates like the experience you would get because I read it and I was like oh my god like I want to go try on dresses (laughs) here because it feels like such a comforting space because I think the trying on of your dress, like there is this big expectation that you're just going to put on the dress that you have imagined yourself in since you were little and that you're just going to feel so incredible. And I remember myself going to try wedding dresses on and just walking out and just being like, I hated it. (laughs) It just wasn't always the nicest experience. Yeah. And I do feel like a lot of that comes into play as well with you know, old school shows like say yes to the dress and things, people put extra pressure on them to have this moment that, you know, I I say to them, don't expect the background production. You know, there's not going to be little whimsical noises and you don't need to put that much (laughs) pressure on it. It's not a production. It's hard when you do have that expectation that you think it needs to go a certain way. Um, But that's what I'm very big on as well. Like it's not about a sale. Obviously businesses need to make sales to make money. That's you know, that's a fact. How but it works. I don't yeah. care where anybody gets a dress from as long as they get it because they love it, not because they're told if they can't get it by 4 p.m., the world's going to end, not possible. 
Yeah. yeah, that is such an interesting point. It's so funny that you say now. It's actually just sparked this memory. But when I went to go buy my dress, I bought a dress, like I put a deposit down because I felt so pressured into having to buy it because if I didn't buy it then, it wasn't going to make the cutoff. And yeah. anyways, mum and I, we left the store and, you know, it was what it was. And then I came across this incredible dress that I saw, obviously of this incredible model, Um and I went down and they had a boutique and I went into the boutique. I tried it on. I didn't feel as amazing as I thought I was going to feel wearing the dress, but I yeah. definitely loved it. So I ended up canceling the dress that I initially got was because I said to my mom, I don't even remember what it looks like. I yeah. couldn't tell you like anything about it really, even to this day. Like I wouldn't be able to explain it, but I just remember not being like that's the dress, but I felt somewhat pressured into knowing that it was the one. It's so sad. Like, of course, there will always be a circumstance where there are time cut off. <laughs> yeah, I don't believe it a lot of the time. And I just think it shouldn't, if it is true, that's fine, but someone should be able to at least sleep on it, you know. And if it is true that it is a cut off. Yeah, definitely. There's always another dress, you know. You just want to make sure you yeah. do it because you love it. And like, yeah, like I said, if it's from me or from someone yeah. else, as long as no one's pressured, that's so much more important to me. Of yeah. course. Yeah. And I mean, I had like a 12 month like lead time, you know, it wasn't anything yeah. crazy. So I just remember those feelings. It was probably one of the hardest decisions I had to make in my wedding, you know, planning stages. Yeah. Um, because I guess it's about how confident like you're going to be feeling on the day. Essentially that is how you will really feel within yourself. And that's why it's so important, I guess. Yeah, of course. And yeah, you don't want that feeling to carry on to the day that maybe I'm not like happy because I was pressured. Like you don't want any extra emotion that mm. you need on your wedding day for sure. <laughs> there is already way too many emotions going on. So I love that you mentioned that you offer such a boutique experience, including an in-person fitting appointment with yourself Um at your boutique at the Gold Coast. So what happens if someone, say, for example, interstate, but they love some of the gowns that you stock or that you've designed? What can they do? Yes, yeah, so I do have an option on the website to book a virtual fitting. And in those, I can mm -hmm. sort of show you the up close and personal. Depending on the size, I can put that dress on a mannequin that's in your measurements. But more so, it is more just showing you all the different details um, and then going through to order, I would get your measurements and process that. And then either, ideally, if you can come up for a collection so that we can try it on and I can see it all on you is preferred. But of course, they can be shipped um, directly to the bride as well. So yeah, I can do interstate and international for any of them as well. Yeah. And sometimes it's just having that uh, conversation with yourself or that peace of mind of knowing like, actually, this is how like it fits on, yeah. you know, a person with this particular body shape or, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think that that has so much to speak for is that we as, you know, women are all so different and dresses are going to all sit so differently. A hundred percent. And I do like, even with the dresses that I order in your measurements, I will always say that too, that you will always need some altering because at the end of the day, it's a number that it's measured in, not your shape. So, you know, a 90 centimetre bust on one person, they could have an A cup and be a size 10 or someone could be a lot smaller but have a bigger bust. So, yeah, you get that yeah. in-between couture experience where you still get things made in your size, but because you're not paying for every fitting in between, you will need your alterations mm -hmm. afterwards. 
but you're saving a lot of money at the same time. Yeah, I love that. And I guess it's having those options for the different styles, as you say, the different pieces that can be added onto, say, a dress, for example. Like, oh, I just love that. I love that we're seeing that more like in the movement of the bridal gowns is all these like pieces. I just love it. And I think I sort of lived through that too. Like I've never been married, but before my accident, I was, I'd been a dancer my whole life. I did powerlifting. I was like, I was quite fit. So I was at biggest, yeah. probably a size 10 and quite fit. I also had really big boobs. Um, and then yeah. since the accident, I've had a reduction and I've put on a bunch of weight, which is fine too. But now mm-hmm. I'm probably about a size 18 in bridal with not the standard cup size for a 18 wedding dress. So yeah, I've been able to yeah. just trying dresses over the years see the different struggles and understand them with the different shapes. So I think that does help me to understand a bit more with the design side too. Yeah. And I guess sometimes like I can go into a store and wear one size in one brand and then I'm going into a completely different store, but same, you know, whether it be a shirt or a skirt or whatever. And I'm like a whole different size. And I'm like, I'm so confused because I felt really good in that size. And that's it. It's the same, like a bridal size chart is for that entire company, not for that dress. So Mm. I usually will just won't even tell people what size it is I'll just order it in their measurements because it doesn't matter you know the dress needs to fit you yeah who cares what it is yeah and sometimes we get far too caught up on that number right yeah I love that yeah we should yeah yeah, you should be measuring purchasing to the measurements not to the size yeah and I won't write I'll get them to confirm the measurements but I won't write them down no one needs to see it it's it is what it is it fits them and then that's it yeah, beautiful. And it it shouldn't necessarily be, you know, the the experience of choosing a dress is like, you know, <laughs> yelling out across the room like what size you need or whatever. Yeah. There's nothing worse when, you know, yeah. you're in a in a store and someone's like getting something for you and they're like, "What size do you need?" You're like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, not at all. Now, I'm sure it's probably like choosing your favorite child. Um, but you only have one daughter, right? Yes, yes. So she is the yeah. So she is your favorite job. <laughs> but is there a current design style that you're obsessing over? It is hard. Probably still from the Luna Delilah collection, my pink three piece, the yep. rosy set. I was a bit hesitant to bring that out last year. I guess being pink, didn't realize the world was going into Barbie core, so it was a lot safer than I realized. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I just love. If only you knew, right? Well, I had it in time. Um, but yeah, I think I just love the fact that I'm able to bring more pieces out that are different. Like, if anyone wants to wear the most traditional white dress and have a church wedding, amazing. But I want people to only do that because that's what they want to do. So I think yeah. I've loved the playfulness and the bride that it's brought in since having that pink three piece. Um, yeah, so probably her. Yeah, amazing. I know that I met you recently at the A Darling Affair event. Yeah. And as soon as I saw your store and the designs, I was genuinely like, I just have to get <laughs> married again. <laughs> Same husband, but yeah. I just have to do this all over again because I just think that so many of those designs are so playful. I love that word that you use, playful and fun and people just really stepping into their energy of like, no, this is actually how I want to feel. And as a marriage celebrant and then often uh, emceeing people's receptions, if a bride comes out in a reception dress moment, I am just like, love it. 
Yeah. And that piece is great too because it is designed. It's got the little mini dress that then your big chul skirt goes mm-hmm. over, but then you can take that off for the reception and put the big bow on. So you feel like yeah. you're still wearing your one dress, but, yeah, changing it up for that yes. moment, that wow moment when you come to your reception. Yes, I remember – I feel like that piece is so iconic because there was an event on in the Gold Coast and one of the guests wore your dress yes. and I immediately messaged you and I was like, it has to be yours. And yeah. you were like, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Angelica. She came to get her wedding dress from me and it just fit her like a glove and she had this huge exclusive wedding event. And so, yeah, I just said, you're walking out mm-hmm. here with that, please, because it needed to be there. Um, <laughs> I didn't actually know that the theme was something to do with gold. Um, so most mm-hmm. of the guests were in white, gold, or black and gold. And then, yeah, she just yep. stood out in this pink. It was amazing. <laughs> I loved it. I love that. How good. Oh, what a moment. Yeah, it was awesome. So share with those listening. So what does the process process look like for someone who's interested in one of your gowns um for example from inquiry or I mean I know everyone's always doing a cheeky stalk of the Instagram Mm -hmm. um before they might inquire um all the way to like receiving their order what does that kind of look like sure so yeah I'm very big on open communication I'll always talk to people through messages they might ask for different variations or sizes or things to see what I've got. So I'll always sort of um, help as much as I can to make sure we could be the right fit beforehand if that's what somebody needs. And then booking is done. There's a link in my bio or it's also on the website. And as I mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, that shows the main days that I have open, which at the moment are mostly weekends and around Luna's daycare days. Um, but I will always say as well, here's the days. If you need another day, just ask me or another time and I can check what I can do. Um, and then, yeah, when you come in, it's a $30 booking fee for a private appointment. You get a glass of champagne and you get the entire space to yourself. So, yep. I don't have rules either on, I know some shops make you pick five dresses or choose your favorite ones, but they look so different on the models that wear them, no matter what size they are online that I just... Uh, yeah I don't bother with that so you can just come in with your friends or just on your own whatever you need and then have a look through touch and feel see what you think you're liking the vibe I will often sort of watch from the background as well and sort of see what you're drawn towards I will always pick some as well though so even if it's just for a shape that I think even if it's not the fabric you know say it's really glittery but the bride said they want plain or lace or something I'll do it for the shape Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess just use my experience to put the factors in that I think will work. But as I said, because I'm so big on no pressure, if a bride either has a really short time frame or they're a really decisive person and they're like, no, I want to, let's do it. That's it. We can do that. Um, But otherwise I will get the details. If people don't live close by, I can take measurements so that they don't need to travel back to order. But Mm -hmm. yeah, I'll, highly encourage people to go home and sleep on it um if they've done a few appointments and they're a bit overwhelmed I'll just say look go home and take a week before you you know digest it all if you need don't do anything in any rush um and then yeah we can either come back in again to try your top contenders or if there was just one that they're loving and they've got their measurements we can do it all through email and messaging or on the phone or whatnot and then it's sort of changing at the moment so most of the designers they will come, the dress will come when it's ready. They'll come in for their collection appointment. 
I'll check how it looks and how it's all fitting and then I'd refer you to the seamstress to have any extra work done. Um, but I'm now getting some of my dresses made in Melbourne and so that's just giving me more flexibility to get um, sort of a midway mock-up done. So depending on the level yep. of work in the dress, mock-up fabric made of the pattern and the size, get that posted up, get you into that mid-fitting and then I'd send that back to her Well, she'll then cut the actual fabric. So that will be a little bit of a higher price point, but that will be an option for any of the Luna Delilah gowns if that's yep. what you're wanting to do. Yeah, so that's a new option that we're sort of rolling out at the moment. Yeah, incredible. And I love that it's so like, you know, you have your different options. Like if people are like, no, I love that exactly how it is um, yep. and I'm happy to, you know, just purchase that because I'm, you know, adore it so much. But then also if people are quite particular and they're like, no, this is exactly how I want it. Or as you say, they want to add something different material to your gowns. I think, yeah, that's such a beautiful choice to have. Yeah. And I, I understand that that's not a forever thing. Like I understand why bigger companies can't do it because there's too much room for error to make too many changes when you, you know, have a massive production line. Um, but it is something that I am really passionate about. So I will always try to include it, even if it's just in the way of in anything Luna Delilah, these are the necklines that you can have. These are the skirts that you can have. And then, you know, minor tweaks here or there. Cause yeah, you know, as a woman that goes to buy clothes, it's hard to expect anything to fit straight away. So definitely yeah. want to keep. Are you finding that there's so much more popularity around this um, shorter style for reception or are people choosing to have it as part of their wedding day itself? Or what are you finding out the coming trends? A bit of both. I wanted to bring some out. It must have been nearly two years ago now. So there was only a couple and I was hesitant on it because I you know was very big in the belief that you know you if you love your dress you could wear it the whole day but mm -hmm. I think since COVID as well people are putting more money into their experience with less like you know that their nearest and dearest over inviting yeah. their second you know their great nan's <laughs> second cousin or someone so I, yeah. now, I I'm all for it now. It's I still like having the options where they can have a skirt taken off, but they're just so fun. And yeah, I have had a few brides who are having say like a Hamilton Island destination wedding. So they just want a mini or some people want to wear it for their hens party or their bridal shower or whatnot. Yeah. So, yeah. I think as long as people are doing it from this, the right place and they're not just buying two dresses that have the exact same neckline, but one shorter then I think it's so fun. And funny story though, I don't know if you saw the video, I had a bride, I don't think she'll mind me sharing, she bought her dress, <laughs> a beautiful fitted dress, um, but she'd always sort of mm -hmm. said, oh, every time she'd come for a fitting, she'd go, oh, I think I want a shorter dress for after that I can dance in. And the ones she loved were from Trish Pang, which are a bit more expensive. So she thought, no, I probably shouldn't spend that much extra, I left it. Then she came in for her final fitting and said, oh, I've saved a bit more. Maybe I'll get one and didn't do it. And that's fine. And then I saw her wedding photos a couple of days after and I was in tears <laughs> laughing. And she just said, Georgia, I've been too scared to tell you. She got sick of her dress midway through the reception and they cut off the skirt. <laughs> so there's a video you can see <laughs> it on my Instagram. It's a beautiful photo of her in the long dress and then a photo, a video of her dancing and her friends cutting around the beaded dress. So if you're that sure that you think you want a mini, buy the mini, please. <laughs> 
it's hilarious. Oh my gosh. And don't have to do like a cutting moment throughout the ceremony. Oh my yeah. gosh. Wow. You put falling all over the floor. Yeah, she said, Georgia, I was too scared to tell you. And I said, it's your dress, you know, it's not, it's fine, but maybe we should have got the mini. <laughs> oh. Oh my gosh, that is just crazy. But I guess, you know, at that hour of the evening, people are just going to do what they want to do. Oh, she looks like she had the time of her life. So, I, you know, I'm sure there's no regrets, but yeah, it was, that's funny. And I guess like it's that decision fatigue. I know I get it all the time. I am the worst person at making decisions. I just, it's such a definite answer. And I yeah. think that I'm constantly just like, oh, I don't know, but what if? And I remember when I got married, the whole reception dress wasn't really a trend at the time. Like yeah. you, it was never really on my radar to kind of choose. And I wore a beautiful Grace Loves Lace dress. It was the Inca gown with like the oh, long yeah. sleeve and the yeah. low back. And oh my yeah. gosh, I just, I loved it so much. I still have it now. I never sold it or anything. Um, never going to wear it again. Don't know why. <laughs> still. But it was just too adorable to get rid of. But yeah. I remember thinking, but I've spent so much money. I have so much love for this dress. Like, how could I take it off? Um, yeah. You know, I'm only going to wear it once. Like, because really, it's only for a couple of hours. By the time you get ready and all of those things, you're really only in your dress for such a p- short period of time. It's almost yeah. like you just have to like sleep in it. <laughs> yeah wear it for the rest of your life it's fine (laughs) oh my gosh too funny now I was reading on your website and I just loved reading the reviews that brides have left who've had the experience of your gown so what are they saying to you once they've received it or they've had their wedding day are they just like oh my gosh I owe you everything yeah I'm really lucky I have been shopped half the time like I've been bought spa vouchers and flowers and presents and things that I don't at all expect I know I guess it's like it's kind of hard to talk about because for me I'm just doing the bare minimum that you know I believe that even if you're buying a coffee you sh- it's not hard to just be nice of course everyone has days yeah. and, you know there's such heightened emotions in this industry and you know things haven't always been smooth but I will always do everything within my power you know I'll admit any fault or I'll even if it's not my fault at all, I'll just take it on as mine and make things all come together. And I think that's yeah. been the biggest general consensus that brides are just happy that I've been there with every step. But I truly do. Like I take yeah. on the emotional, like con- not control, but it's just like I wear that emotion so much that I want it to go as smoothly as I can. And I want to see the photos and I feel like I am such a part of that day. So I think I just really show that in all of my appointments. And as well, I think the biggest thing that I do get also is people just saying she didn't make me feel pressured at any point, Mm. which is that whole thing that I'm trying to change that is the nicest in the industry. So, yeah. Yeah. And I think you just said earlier as well is that you'll always be so honest. And I think that that's sometimes all you need, um, kindness and honesty when you are going for your bridal gown fittings, because you might have people there with you who are there creating the experience. Um, but you need that honesty to be like, I don't know, do I look good in this? Do I love this? Do I feel right? It's all those things. Whereas if you have someone who's kind of a little bit more mutual, um, you have that emotional connection because you're so invested. Uh, but we do really need to hear the honesty. I think that that, yeah, is so important. And of course, there is like a boundary as well, I suppose, because my 
sense of style isn't going to be the same as anyone else's. But I was laughing with a bride last week, actually, because we were trying different dresses on and we put one on her. And in the change room, as soon as we lifted it up, we both looked in the mirror and went, oh, no. We laughed that, or she was laughing that I reacted that way too. And it wasn't to do with the the, the fabric or the colour or anything. It was just not it. It was not the right shape. Yeah. Um, And, yeah, actually, I don't think I did mention, but with how I do run the shop as well, like I'm quite heavily tattooed and, you know, I've got my piercings and things and I try to dress more casual to have a more casual approach. I understand that's not going to be for everyone. As much as maybe that, maybe some people would, I don't know, maybe they would want just their ego inflated because obviously we all feel good when we're a little bit inflated that that's, you know, just human nature. Um, yeah. But I, I, on the spectrum, physically don't have the ability to not be that, you know, yeah. black or white. So I, yeah. But it, it my brides, yeah. I think, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's it, is that you're so true to yourself and I think that that oozes to the people that you are bringing in. And I think that that's why people are so drawn to you and your experience that you're offering because they're probably feeling all of these things. As I said, it resonated with me when I was reading through and I was like, oh my God, I just want to come and hang out. Like I'm on the Sunshine Coast. That is totally possible. Bow and yours are fine. They're allowed. <laughs> yeah, I think it's more than just the the experience of like the gown itself and like putting it on it's it's like how you feel and how you're made to feel because um if you're feeling that you're like supported and um confident and in a safe space yeah then that's going to yeah like really just make you feel better within yeah and yeah I guess like I as I'm sure you would have read about when you were reading through everything, I I have been a complete shell of a human. I've been through so many things where I've just had nothing left inside and I've had done so much self-work and, like, growth and yeah. learnt self-love and built myself up again to this new version of myself that I don't want anyone to walk in somewhere and feel worse than what they came in. And, again, it comes down to whether they get mm-hmm. a dress or not. As long as I can just nourish somebody, not being a certain dress size or not being anything else other than feeling beautiful as they are, then I've won. You know, that's yeah. the biggest thing I can ask for. Yeah. So that, yeah. Nourishing that self-love is massive for me, for sure. Yeah. And I, I, I think even in the way you showcase your gowns, um, also sharing with people that like, regardless of how you feel, how you look, who you are, like this gown can look so beautiful on you. I think that sometimes we're seen in marketing of like, well, this is how a wedding dress should look on this certain size model. Um, And you're like, well, hang on, but what if I'm not that size model, then how am I going to look on my wedding day? So I think that you show like a variety of women, a variety of sizes, a variety of, you know, shapes and all of that. And I think that that beats within itself because it's just like, I resonate with that. Like, that's what I look like. 100%. And that's, it, it is, it does make it hard financially I guess to choose the right dresses but I always try to make sure that I have every main style in each size bracket because exactly you know someone that's a size 20 is going to struggle to get an idea of a size 10 dress as much as someone that's a size 4 is going to struggle if everything's a 14 it's yeah everybody is so different and there's nothing wrong with that it's hard when it's you also try to be as sustainable as you can and not have everything in everything um so it does take a little bit of but 
yeah, if, as long as everyone can feel like they can get the idea and feel their best, then we can work together yeah. massively. Yeah. And I guess that's tricky. It's like, again, meeting all those balances of like having all the sizes in stock, but then being sustainable. Now, yeah. I know we touched on this briefly earlier, but like share with us your experience of being a neurodivergent business owner and how that has like helped you shape decisions like within your business. Yeah. So I only got diagnosed um, ADHD and ASD in 2017, when I was working and managing massive retail stores interstate, I'd have 25 staff and I'd have the state head office in my back room and the shop killed it. But I would have been 22, 23 years old. I genuinely didn't know that no one else went home and vomited after work. Like I would vomit every day. I thought that was normal. Like I just, there was so little awareness about these things. Yeah. Back at then, I'd said, you know, if I had even once seen a poster saying it works like this, 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 or this, that's not normal, right? Yeah. So being diagnosed, I chose to be really open about it just in my personal, you know, pages and just in my personal life because if I could help one other person to understand and not like I got, I went through really bad depression and I was in hospital and I went through a lot of really hard stuff, which I do feel like obviously you can't change the past and there's no point thinking what if, but I may not have put myself in so many situations or given myself so many certain tasks if I'd known. Um, So yeah, I just thought, I don't really care what anybody thinks. I'd done enough work in myself and I was doing the work and getting the therapy and doing everything I needed. Um, that if I helped one other person, amazing. And if not, it was just helping me to understand myself. Um, but when it came to opening the business, I guess, but there was a bit of doubt and I could tell that other people were thinking, you know, is she just going headfirst into another hobby? Like anyone with ADHD does, you know, I have a room at home that's just full of half started hobbies that I've got over before I finish. Um, but my drive and my business plan and my determination and everything was there enough that I just did it. And then I guess it did come to Mm -hmm. the point of being hesitant on sharing that openly because there are still a lot of negative attachments to the word autism, the word ADHD. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, I thought, you know, is this person going to think I can achieve the job? Are they going to think I'm going to forget it or, you know, but that, only things that my internal monologue say because that's how my brain works that doesn't mean that yeah. people would be thinking that and again it's it is yeah. hard and I have a massive support system and I have to offload jobs that I'm not good at to people that do that as their full-time job which yeah. was also hard because I am a control I do have control issues and I do have issues with handing off different tasks I guess when I think I can do everything myself But yeah, I just had to get real with myself and say, no big business does everything on their own and just focus on what you're good at and get the help everywhere else. So yeah. And then since I've started sharing it, I actually had a business, um, she was a tattoo artist and I haven't had any work done from her, but I'd followed her for ages. We'd always chatted. And when I put my neurodivergent business owner in my bio I noticed a couple of days later she did and she just said you know what I've always been too scared to say that I was autistic so I've always hidden it but you just gave me the courage to do that and just own it yeah 
Yeah, that's so beautiful. And I think when you said before that if you can just help one other person and you've obviously helped her, like you've shown her that you can share that and within sharing that you're helping so many people because I think it's so important to just share and be authentic and, you know, proud and the more people start talking about it, the more people are going to feel so much more comfortable having those conversations. Yeah. And I think even as well, like my life has a village to get it together because I can't, I can't physically do everything on my own, just even in general life and being a mum. And of course I'm very high functioning on the spectrum. That just means it's all internal. So I wear the load Mm -hmm. massively internally, but I am able to do these things. But I think it's just like also good to just to show people that you can work a full-time job you know, if the most someone can do is work a full-time job, that's great. Or you can open the business or even being a mum. I think there was a lot of doubt around like the emotional side of having kids, but like, I guess it probably comes into play with how emotional I get and how much care I have for everyone. I probably take on too much Mm -hmm. emotion, but for me, that's just what makes me who I am and how it all runs so passionately. So yeah, I guess I just choose to see little bits of superpowers and when it makes other Mm -hmm. bits really hard, I get the help. And I guess actually with the studio, it comes Mm -hmm. back into how I find the big warehouse shops super overstimulating. The bright lights Mm -hmm. and the multiple people and multiple people talking and all different noises, that's what used to make me sick working um, how I was. So people come in and go, oh, it smells nice. It's nice and calm. The lights are warm. It's quiet. And it, it just lowers that intensity as soon as you walk in so yeah when their emotions are already so heightened and then to kind of feel in and like come in and it's a nice warm hug that's how I imagine it well that's how you've described it so yeah that's what I tried yeah (laughs) thank you so much for sharing your story I think that you know it's so kind of you to be able to share that and also allow other people to who are listening to go actually you know what that's also how I'm feeling too because you know I can speak on behalf of being a mum in business it's not easy like it is hard because you're trying to be there for your little humans who you love more than anything in the whole entire world but then at the same time you still have deadlines you still have expectations you still have these you know drive and I think that that's also important for us as mums is to have like an identity within a business so I have a business coach who has always showed me the importance of like if it isn't filling your cup making you fulfilled you know being fun all of those things then why are you doing it and I'm like oh my gosh that is so true because whilst we have like the passion and the drive then you know, we're always going to be able to make it work, but it's about having those boundaries of being like, actually, you know what, this isn't working for me. Like this isn't working, working in this super overstimulating store. So I'm going to create like what works for you. And I think as well, like it's been super nice for me to have my own business where I used to work. I adored the owner. She doesn't own it anymore, but like I had most respect for her you know, I can't go back there because of my accident. I can't physically work for somebody else. But at the same time, I knew Mm -hmm. I couldn't just sit at home on a disability pension for the rest of my life and do nothing. I knew I had so much more to give and I knew that I, yeah, I don't know, I guess I'm stubborn and I don't like being told I can't do something, but I just (laughs) knew I had to find a way to find balance. So yeah, well, you can see it like you have the passion, you know, just the way in which you're speaking and all the incredible designs that you make, you can just 
tell that you're so passionate about the experience. Like I think yeah. that I know I've said that bloody word so many times. But that's but what it, it that is. is what like it too. And even you hear yeah, of people, exactly. Even since becoming quite heavily tattooed and things, you hear of brides who and like my hair's blonde now, but in the last year it's been bright blue, hot pink, copper, blonde twice in like I change it all the time. And mm. to hear of brides that I go love that. Like, and they go, oh, you know, well, I'm going to have to dye my hair this color and I'm going to have to cover my tattoos. If that's what you want to do, amazing. But if not, mm. don't. And I just, yeah, that's that to me comes down to the experience of them realizing what they want to do and what they can do. It Look, it seems that the industry is getting a bit better and quite a few of the older shops are, I guess, you know, staff that are from a different generation. Like my mum hated tattoos. She understands now that they're not offensive and I'm not a bad person but I couldn't have expected her to love them when she grew up in a generation where only bad people had them so I feel like we're getting more of a newer era but I am going in there head first trying to lead it so yeah what would you say is a piece of advice that you could share with brides who are on their journey and they are entering this phase of figuring out where they're getting their dress from, what to do. What's a piece of advice that you can share with a bride on that time? Mine would be just start. Ideally at like no more than 12 months out, which again, I probably need to be careful saying that because a lot of shops will yell at you if you've got four months or 12 months, but that's fine. With me, just start. (laughs) I Over the years I've had brides since they were little imagine a certain dress and they've Mm-hmm. imagine it their whole life and then they've saved the Pinterest board for the last 10 years and then they've finally got engaged and then they come in and try it on and it's not what they thought which is fine it happens you're not meant to know how a wedding dress is going to fit but I've had yeah. get so overwhelmed by that oh my god I hate it and that's not what I want mm-hmm. and now where do I start and what do I do um yeah so yeah for me I would I say I feel like that's quite like, common yes it is really yeah i the not but you kind you of have this like style in your mind and then you yeah. go in and you're like yeah that's it that's the style yeah. that's that could be my dress like could you believe it I'm gonna try my first dress on and yeah. it's gonna be the one and then you try yeah. it on and you're like this is awful yeah and that's it you don't want to have to go okay I'm six months out and I hate it and I need to process that I hate it and I need to have this spiral moment whereas if you leave Mm. yourself enough time you can go okay it's fine we're gonna try others and if you're too overwhelmed at that point you've still got plenty of time to go home and leave it for a month or so and then you can come back and go all Mm -hmm. right clean slate let's try everything look at things as well as then if you have more time even if you know you're just super open-minded you maybe like the idea of a custom but you want to make sure because it's a massive decision you've got the time to not feel Mm -hmm. pressured to choose and it comes down as well to the styling of your wedding you might love to polar opposite designs and need to go home and look at your venue and look with your partner or talk to your stylist and see what vision you have because for a lot of people there's no right or wrong dress it's just yeah. the one that makes you feel beautiful and like a bride and the style that you want to be for your wedding day there's you know multiple options suit multiple people so I definitely agree like for some reason and I never really thought about it until you just made that comment then but I definitely had a dress that suited you know my husband's suit and and then I chose bridesmaids dresses that suited the venue and like everything kind of like goes in so it's like you know without realizing it I kind of subconsciously chose a dress for for my day not really (laughs) 
and look, that's like if that's the order you want to get to it too. That again, there's, there's yeah. just no right or wrong half the time to just be able to envision it all and process it all. And yeah, so for me, twelve yeah. months out is good. I don't like ordering more than twelve months out, but if you can mm-hmm. come in at twelve months, it's a good time to start. Where can lovers who are planning their day, looking for dresses, find you? Is it best to reach out to you on Instagram, on your website? Yes, Instagram is better. The website is the one thing that I haven't allocated as a full-time thing. And because of um, how I work, so I always have a sample sale dress rack because I don't ever want to be... I don't want styles to sit somewhere for five years, be out of date, like, and then they'll just end up being waste. So to try to be more sustainable with them, mm-hmm. I do have quite a high turnover of styles. With that, the website isn't that up to date. I'm trying, yep. but Instagram, definitely there's a lot more. Even if you message me, show me what you're liking, and then I can show you photos if there's mm-hmm. any others. Hopefully that's yep. something I can get better at getting the website up to date. But, yeah, knowing me at the minute, it's... But as you say, it's like juggling all those things. And, yeah. yeah, again, my business owner is very much like if you don't enjoy doing it or you don't have the capacity to do it, someone else can do it better than you. But yeah. I'm very much the same. I'm such a control, like yeah. I just love to have control over everything. Yeah. That I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? I have to give things yeah. away. Like I definitely don't want to do that, yeah. but I don't yeah. also want to give it away because yeah. I like things done very particular. So yeah, that's hopefully that'll get better. But at the moment, Instagram is the place to be. Or of course, for the other designers, you can head onto their website. If there's a certain style you like, they can, you can message me and I can see if I've got it. Or because most of the brands are local, they'll quite often let us um, hire their sample. So if it's a style that I don't mm-hmm. stock, can just pay it's usually one to two hundred dollars depending on where they're being posted from Mm -hmm. and we can borrow that for a try on so I'm very big on Mm -hmm. anything in the in the business I'll always ask a question the worst you'll ever get told is no so if you always ask me I can always ask the designer I love just learning about like your journey your story like how it's kind of evolved because of personal reasons but also because of business structure oh like I guess you're needing to adapt but also like what you're wanting to do now and that's just like your love for you know creating again which is really lovely so thank you so much for joining me I've had so much fun chatting thank you so much for having me Now, lovers, that is all there is time for today. I hope you adored this episode just as much as I did. As you indulge, be sure to share away on your socials, tagging at ohsosmitten underscore so I can feature you and, of course, do a sneaky follow and stalk on your wedding day. I would be so grateful if you could leave a review wherever you listen to your podcast, five star, of course, and share the love of the podcast to those who are about to walk down the aisle. Be sure to check out and join the official Spit and Love book over on Facebook. These are our people because remember, no one loves talking about your wedding day more than those about to say I do. I'm here to make your day that little bit more intentional and curated with all the finer details. Within this community, choose kindness. And as always, I acknowledge the land in which I'm recording this podcast. I can't wait to chat next week, lovers. Bye-bye.